0: Previously, on all things unexplained.
1: I've always, I've always believed that there was a critter out there, a Bigfoot-like critter, and that came from my daddy. Like we said, uh, he listened to late night shows on the radio. He would tell us stuff he had heard, you know, about Bigfoot on there. And I think he got, you know, he read the men's mag, True, and a couple of the men's magazines, and there'd be stories in those. I wrote about this in one of my articles. He, um, he talked about a wild man that lived back, he was from upstate New York is where he grew up and lived all his life till he went in the army. Uh, this wild man, he would have nightmares about wrestling this wild man. And one night, he was just moaning and groaning and tossing and turning and mama reached over, grabbed him by the shoulder to wake him up. And when he did, he put her in a hammer lock All
2: Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. (laughs) CJ Derringer.
0: Ain't nobody perfect, right?
1: And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball.
0: Featuring Cajun Man.
1: I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody.
0: We are lucky enough to have an author with us. She's written some young reader books, some nonfiction books, some fiction books. She's a freelance writer and photographer. She's an expert in self publishing. She has a plethora of experience with horses. I think the list goes on and on. Uh, Please welcome to our show Donna Campbell Smith.
2: Donna, listener Deborah Brown wonders maybe your dad actually
1: saw the wild man. I don't know, he did ever say that he did. I think he would have told us if he had of By the way, Deborah's my daughter. Oh, famous, my daughter. oh. hi Deborah, <laughs> she knows who I'm talking about. So oh, I know. I, that was my and I, just, I have a feeling that him being a teenager at that time and you know, imagination and curiosity running away with you that that made an impact on him
0: absolutely well you did such a nice job i felt we, we again i said we've had lots of bigfoot experts on the show who they all talk to us about bigfoot in terms of being actually very peaceful beings unless they are threatened in some way and that they are they don't show themselves unless they trust that they are in a safe you know, safe space and um the idea of these offerings and they send things back and the smells and the sounds um of bigfoot they just apparently have a very very distinct awful smell to them and just yeah wild, wild i noise. made
1: a i uh, did an article with top 10 ways to know if you have a bigfoot so i went through each of those uh, those things and all uh,
2: i saw that article but
1: the ones that make the impact to me are the are the people who have seen them yes there can't be that many people have seen something and and there not be any truth to it so right and and a lot of these attributes like the the peacefulness or whatever i can relate that to to bears because this woman that i was telling you about kay grayson I mean, she fed them. She went to restaurants. She lived, uh, she'd go to Manio to get supplies. Somebody would take her. She didn't drive. Um, you know, go to the barbecue joints and get the scraps and stuff and go to the uh, those places where they sell the day-old bread. So she fed them, you know, so they, you know, and they're opportunists like all wildlife. They're going to take the easiest route to food. So, I would think a Bigfoot wouldn't be any different. Yeah, so
0: I just I thought you did such a nice job incorporating all of those traits of Bigfoot into this story and developing your characters. It was just very well written. I, it was a very fun read for me.
1: Thank you so much. That's, That's a music to an offers of ears. <laughs> Go
2: ahead. Oh, so this is a big compliment, Donna. So, a uh, long time listener of the show, George Winter said, Hey guys, y'all just beat the Saints of Newark for viewers. I turned it <laughs> off to see you.
1: Oh wow. Oh, no. Thanks. I,
2: I believe that is the new uh what's the uh Mafia show prequel? George you had to th- uh the um Sopranos. Sopranos. I believe that's the Sopranos prequel. George must have HBO Max. <laughs> I thought about checking it HBO out. HBO Max I, ain't got nothing I, on it. Agree, George. Donna, well, Donna is much more interesting than the Sopranos, I can tell you that.
0: (laughs) Certainly. (laughs) Oh, so fun.
2: Donna, I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for aspiring authors?
1: Yes, I do. Just do it. That was the advice given to me. I was standing in a pasture, talking with a friend, and had just separated and getting divorced from my husband and i said to her i said when this is all over with i'm going to write a book and she says just do it now and that's what you have to do you just start writing you don't worry about the mechanics or what you know how to do or not because there's critique groups out there there's editors there's people to help you with that stuff you know just write your story down that's it I love it. That's great <laughs> advice.
2: Great advice. Do, what, what other authors are you fans of or have inspired you?
1: Ah, uh, well, my favorite books from childhood were two books by Zane Gray. Let's see if I can remember the titles. One was The Trail, let's see, The Last Trail. Ah, uh, I can't remember them, but they were about the, uh, the Zanes who were Pioneer real, real life pioneers, I think, in the West Virginia area. And those two books just captured my imagination about living, you know, in the wilderness and making, making, um, surviving, surviving in the wilderness. And, uh, but now my favorite offers are, are I like Southern Women's Fiction, I like, um, Nancy Peacock, I like. Diane uh, Chamberlain, but two t- who we've had. I'm, at, I'm the team leader for the Writers Guild in our Franklin County Arts Council. We used to have oh, retreats cool. before COVID, <laughs> and they both <laughs> came and spoke, and North, North Carolina is very rich in, in best-selling offers. And um, let's see, who else do I like? Ann Siddons, uh, she's from South Carolina, Low Country, so that's the setting for a lot of her books. We have a great group. We have several published offers in our um, Franklin County Arts Council's uh, Writers Guild. Um, and if I start naming them, I'm going to leave somebody out. Jackie thriton um she's a poet and a spoken word artist. She um, okay. is also working on a novel right now. Um, Kay um, Watley that, that owns the Gray Area News, which is probably where you saw the article about my book um yeah she writes novels that involve time travel and just make you feel like yeah that can happen they're really good and um who else who else who else i don't know we got a bunch oh um Kim bale writes um fantasy i guess it's um, there's fairies there's ghosts there's all kinds of strange creatures and and then and she writes it makes you think it all just can really happen and i've never been a big fantasy fan and i don't think my book's fantasy um because i think bigfoot is real <laughs> so <laughs> but i'm i'm getting um uh, i'm getting indoctrinated into enjoying some fantasy and sci-fi and stuff <laughs> I've broadened oh, yeah, Jack- my horizon.
2: jackie dove
1: you're welcome, oh, Jackie. I think
2: that's the only way to be. <laughs> Jackie said, "Thanks for the shout out, mm-hmm. Donna." And I tell you what, you mentioned name. time travel, and I yeah. oh, I will. I'm intrigued to see to see what she's written. And you know, Donna, you mentioned time travel, and that's such a tricky thing to write about because of the physics of it all, and just so many paradoxes and what the rules of it are. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a really intimidating subject to get into. Is is time travel because I've heard a lot of people when they delve into that, they have to just get a whiteboard out, you know, and start. Okay, here's the rules. This is what happens if you do this, and this yeah. is what happens if you interact and with other people. It's yeah. it's the right. It's the Back to the Future mm-hmm. effect, right? This is what happens if CJ goes back into time and meets herself. You know, this. This is what happened if CJ goes back in time and meets her dad, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, or goes or back and changes. So there's just so many tricky know. things. Right, right. So many tricky things. Does it create a new universe? Does it just change the one future, or does it create a new future with a new universe? I mean, it's just so many yeah. things. CJ, I was wondering what some of your favorite authors.
0: Oh goodness, well. Wow. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I love. I'm really into children's books right he's now. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. He really is brilliant. At everything that I read of his, and it's so fun to rediscover him now as an adult because you know as a kid you're like, oh, it rhymes. Oh, that's great. Oh, look at these fun pictures. But as an adult, he has some just phenomenal um, concepts and ideas, and just a learning experience every time. So that's really fun. And then also my background as an elementary education teacher, just the way that he brings phonics into his books and makes them fun i really do love dr seuss um and then of course mo willems is a little bit of a newer author for me he's a children's author as well he makes go mo go mo that's right he makes just the best most enjoyable kids books too they're just too funny and i love reading them and getting very animated as i read them to my children and they sometimes get sick of that My oldest keeps telling me, don't mom, but it's so loud. I'm like how dare they say I'm loud. That's not fair. They're the <laughs> loudest ever. Um, as an adult, I have read so many different authors that I've loved. I, I love reading books that, that make me think, um, I couldn't name the authors of some of these, but the art of racing in the rain, I thought was a really phenomenal book. There's a book called a thousand white women which was very intriguing um, about some Native American tribes that were trying to assimilate and not lose their land and that was a very interesting one Um, that one took sort of a true part of history and where it ended and then wrote a fictionalized novel from there which i thought was really cool Mm -hmm. um we've read agatha christie which she is just fantastic harlan coben's one of my favorite mystery sort of authors murder mystery which is shocking because i don't like anything scary but i do like his books (laughs) They're cozy what's that
2: so they're cozy. No, mysteries. they're not. They're, yeah, no, they they're actually not. Are not. <laughs> they're
0: far from it.
2: Harlan's are not at all.
1: The Cat Who books—I used to—I I read a bunch of those. Those are entertaining. Oh yeah.
2: So I think you two are the perfect candidates, CJ and Donna. And by the way, we're talking to award-winning Arthur Donna Campbell Smith "Unexplained Ones." Go out, get my neighbors from the woods. It is incredible, CJ, and I have both read it. It is, it, you know, one reason I love it is because it's such a character study, and I truly mean this. Uh, it reminds me a lot, honestly, of some of Stephen King's writings, because you know, you might think not that, that it's scary, is it? Not look, that's scary. But it <laughs> no, 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 not,
1: not, scary, not but, scary, but but here's <laughs> what I mean.
2: It's not scary, but but here's what I mean. You know, Stephen King will write a book, and you might think it's about this really uh, out there idea, right? But it's actually yeah. about people, right? Like you learn about all these different characters and how they interact with each other and what they're thinking and what their story is and what 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 has framed them into the person that they are. And that's that's what a lot of his stories are really about. Mm. They're just about people. And um, I thought that My Neighbors from the Woods was a lot about that. We learned so much about Maggie and it was such a, I, f- I thought, character study of this intriguing lady. But I think you two are the perfect candidates to answer this question. What book belongs on everyone's bookshelf? And I love it, Donna Brown, Deborah Brown, sorry, said just just like E.T. I might have to process that for a minute. E.T. by the way was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater.
0: Oh really?
2: Yeah, I was seven years old, so I have to tell this real quick. <laughs> if my friend Scott Bailey still listening, Scott and I both grew up in rural Pontotoc County, Mississippi, and when I when I was seven years old, E.T. the extraterrestrial came out right, and there was one theater in the whole county, the Joy Theater. Uh, it was on the you know, on the Pontotoc Square right, and Molly and Daddy took me to see that, and I guess my little brother, too, maybe. I can't remember if he was there or not. Who cares? Being there. And the line of people was wrapped, were wrapped around the town square to go see E.T. And you know what? Looking back on it, I can't believe they let me see because that because that was actually kind of a scary movie for kids. But anyway, Donna what what book do you think belongs on everybody's oh book my sale? goodness
1: i do not know because everybody's so different i probably would say the bible <laughs> <laughs> um there's some good stories right there Johnson, I was, um i I don't know i can't answer your question Tim <laughs> i think you did <laughs>
2: that's okay i have yeah i you know I would have to say if not a Stephen King book in the Bible, that might seem contradictory, but <laughs> you can't have can't have good. That's the thing; you can't have good mm-hmm. without evil. Yeah. So, but you know, the Bible has so many terrific stories in it. Whether you take them as literal or not, they're just timeless stories that actually span, you know, all across the whole world, across all. Um, kinds of different people in times and groups so and i used to read stories i, I can't disagree to with my
1: granddaughter and the one she wanted me to read her over and over was where david chopped the head off of the giant and i'm just like mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, well what's your favorite book in the bible
2: then donna is it david i
1: think it's Psalms, um, just yes. because it's the poetry and i like to read them out loud and just enjoy the the meter and the the
2: uh, rhythm and yeah, it's probably Psalms. Oh yeah. And of course Psalms, I believe stands yeah, for songs, yeah. right? It is this may yeah. tell you something about me, right? It's a beautiful book, but this may tell you something about me. My favorite book of the Bible is Revelations. Yeah. So <laughs> there's just <laughs> something about Armageddon, <laughs> yeah. right? The apocalypse. Avenging yeah. angels, <laughs> okay. you know, plagues—something
1: yeah. <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my. And like Bigfoot, so many theories about what it what it is, and what it means.
2: Oh yeah, well you know people think that Bigfoot is mentioned in the Bible. Well, there was the, even. the, like the giants. It, it yeah, it goes back to yep, you know, biblical times.
0: Donna, your story about reading the head getting cut off it reminds me of, I, I grew up in California and I spent a lot of time in Santa Barbara, California. And I used to babysit often when I was in college. And um, I worked for a children's fitness center and my boss had me watch her kids one day and she had four kids, four kids under the age of four. And her and her husband were like, just survive. <laughs> like, Just survive, we'll be back. If everybody's alive at the end, you did your job. But she did say, okay, you know, here's the routine, bath, brush their teeth, they get two books and then they go to bed. So we did the whole routine, everything's going great. And I go to put the kids to bed, I say, okay, what do you guys want to read? And their oldest daughter, who was maybe five at the time, because we want to read this book. And she pulls out this young kid's Bible, very, very shortened version of the Bible, very short stories. She goes, we're on this chapter and it's the chapter about the devil. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, not thinking anything of it. So I read them the chapter on the devil, <laughs> I'm thinking that they've clearly read this before. <laughs> the girl wants she knows what she wants. So, you know, the, they go to go to bed or whatever, and the parents get home and I leave. And the next day my boss goes, what did you read to them? i just read that little children's bible that you guys had there they asked me to read chapter five yeah they asked you to read chapter five because we've refused to read them chapter five they were all terrified <laughs> last night <laughs> 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 hmm. <laughs> well that was not in the instructions they all survived so i did Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> every preacher knows and if smitty was here he would tell you every preacher knows that sometimes you have to Break out the fire and brimstone. (laughs) It's it's just necessary sometimes.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, they were fascinated
1: with that one.
2: (laughs) Donna, do you have any superstitions?
1: No, not really. Not. um, I'm pretty much a realist, I guess. That's the thing with writing about Bigfoot. If I didn't believe he was real, I probably couldn't write about him.
2: Right, that makes sense.
1: Well, and your character's
0: very much a realist, too, in the story. I got that from your character a lot. And she had so many (laughs) yummy cookie recipes. Do you, are these some (laughs) cookie recipes that you yourself made? Not
1: me, but I have my, um, my, my daddy's sister, they all lived up in, right on the state line between Pennsylvania and New York some of them lived in New York some of them lived in Pennsylvania anyway she she made these most wonderful cookies and the cookie jar was always full whenever we went to visit and you could just get one anytime you wanted to and they were soft and they had um they had nuts and they had uh, like the fruit like you go goes a fruit cake and they were just a nutmeg so um, oh had a little reunion meeting with my cousins at the beach one time and i was asking um joanne i said do you have because my aunt had passed away by then um aunt myrtle's cookie recipe you know the ones that she made that were soft and had nutmeg and she says, yes let me go out to the car and get it and she had a three ring binder with all of Aunt myrtle's uh, <laughs> recipes so i got the recipe for the cookies and that recipe was at myrtle's grandmother's so it would have been my great great grandmother's anyway it was like a hundred years old recipe and so i made i've made that once i made the batch and it makes like three dozen cookies and because I was trying not to eat sweets, I was just giving cookies away to everybody. I so oh, made them again. Oh Maybe God. I'll make them at Christmas time this year.
0: You need to make them. Yeah. Yes. So talks about like hickory nut cookies and all these cookies. So here I was reading this book and she always had cookies ready for whoever came over. Everybody always had some kind of cookie ready for people to dunk well, in My their mother was that way
1: book. too. She always had some kind of goodies oh, okay. in the pantry. And when people people would just drop by Mama's house unannounced, any time of day and she'd put on the coffee pot and bring out the goodies and there was there was always (laughs) yes well i had
0: a friend drop by i had a friend drop by today and i had this like pang inside of me because i didn't have any cookies to offer here i had just (laughs) read about all of these women that have these treats ready to go and i was like i've got some i don't know veggie straws in the pantry i I, I didn't
1: inherit it (laughs)
0: oh i i need to find it
1: well cj look
2: let, <laughs> let me ask your opinion on something so maggie we're in the book my neighbors from the woods we're by award-winning Arthur, donna campbell smith who's with us tonight cj maggie the main character in the book she has this male friend that comes over and visits right and the town and i don't want to give too much away but the townspeople really think they should be an item do you think he, you know, felt like he wanted to be an item with Maggie, or did he really just?
0: Like <laughs> well, he did come over for coffee and cookies a lot. It was like, I'll see you in the morning for coffee.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but is that the, the what is it the key I was to? getting man's ready to say that's what Mom said. The quickest way to a man's
1: heart through stomach. <laughs>
0: that's right. I do know I certainly enjoyed the coffee
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that you know what else that made me think of CJ and Donna I have to tell you this one of our favorite guests of the show is is a female Bigfoot author and I would say very much mm-hmm. Bigfoot expert from Idaho and she talks to a lot of people who have Bigfoot encounters and One of her stories involves a man (laughs) who has a female Bigfoot admirer. And he always knows when a date is going to go terrible if he brings her over because the female Bigfoot gets upset, throws things at at them, uh, generally creates a chaotic temper tantrum of a scene, you know. So that is one thing I, I wondered in the book, were any of the Bigfoots potentially, you know, upset by John and her relationship with him or her potential relationship with him? That
1: hadn't occurred I, to I me. I just
2: wondered that. There may not um, be an answer.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, they might would perceive him as a threat just because of him working for the forest, uh, forestry. Right. and knowing that um, they weren't particularly welcome in the forest. The big <laughs> by them. And that ties into some um, of the cons- conspiracy ever. theories I've read and listened right. to about why. Yeah. Um, we have a similar oh, thing in here in, in eastern North Carolina. Um, I wrote an article about cougars. Ever since I've been a child, I've known that there were cougars in, in northeast North Carolina. And so I wrote that article, and I had over a hundred people comment. It was an online website that they had had sightings, but um, oh, wow. if you go to North Carolina wildlife page, it unequivocally says that they're extinct in North Carolina, but they're not. Really? So, yeah, you know, I understand that. <sighs> a little controversy, and I don't know what the reason is for not wanting people to know that they're there, but they are.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Donna uh, by the way listen to Ever says
1: haha all it takes to get a man is a cookie
0: i feel like we need to get sure we I need I to get your great uh, great grandma's cookie recipe and find some like single lady chat groups and be like here you go okay
1: <laughs> i should have pub- i should have published uh, maggie's cookie recipe in the back of the book
0: Yes, I'm feeling like we need it. We need to put that on our social media page. I want to make them. I need to make myself some some hickory nut cookies. I have no idea where I would find hickory
1: nuts, but well, I Aunt Mabel used to make the hickory nut cookies yeah. too because she sent some to us for Christmas. And it's very tedious to. It's kind of like a, trying to crack out a walnut because I have a little hickory tree in the backyard, and I haven't even tried to pick them out because it's not much. <laughs> Not much nut for so, the shell that you have to go through to get to it. You got to beat it with a hammer or something to open it. So those were oh, we things made with love. You.
2: Yeah, no, those were the things you made with whatever he had on hand, right? So uh, hickory nut might have yeah. been the only thing they had around. So boom, you got a hickory yeah. nut cookie. Well, and that was a
0: gift from the big. <laughs> and you
2: and you liked it. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. So you know, Don, I loved your example of the cougars. So I had to tell you that. The same thing actually happens in Mississippi. My my brother, he remains anonymous anytime he watches the show for some reason. But he he's obsessed with the fact that black panthers or black cougars, mm-hmm. some sort of large black cat, they are not listed as an ex, as a real animal in the state right. of Mississippi. But uh, there are numerous numerous people who have seen them and photographed them. And it just and like, just, just like you said, Don, well, why is there no acknowledgement no. of it whatsoever? Yeah,
1: we, we, but some of those you, sightings that, um, posted on my article were the black panthers. They call them black panthers. And some people think they're on, um, right. uh, what's the genetic thing that makes an animal black that's not normally black? But the le- the leopards that are in South America, is that leopards in South America? Cause you can, I've seen pictures where you think we can see the spots, right. you know, mm. but they're black. Oh, Okay. And,
2: yep. Now, as far as North Carolina, I've actually heard theories on that. And one of my favorites actually revolves around a Bigfoot theory too, but it dates back to a train, uh, a, a really horrible train accident that occurred uh, in the western part of the state but i believe that annie oakley was on board a mm-hmm. rumor to be on board and she was actually a part of uh, Club deals,
1: wild west may, uh, yeah.
2: the wild west show
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes yes and it, the train crashed and it was apparently a horrible scene i believe this was in the 50s maybe maybe before then but all these animals, had all these ana- exotic animals as part of the show, right? And and the rumor is so many of them actually escaped in the train wreck, it, just into the woods and the wilderness, you know, and what became of them, nobody knows.
1: Wow. Mm. I guess that's that incredible. Happen. Well, and that's one of the things that the wildlife people will say to explain, uh, is that it's that their pets escaped uh, no that would make uh, a lot of people having that. cougars for pets
0: <laughs> and a lot of them escaping <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so i don't know
2: right and there actually is a real life example of of a sort of a scenario of this with pablo escobar in colombia and he uh, liked to keep hippopotamuses <laughs> on his what a strange stage. Hmm. Yeah. I know, right? Well, and he had a lot of them. And, you know, at some point, his estate was raided and Pablo was arrested. And all the hippopotami were just left to uh, fend for themselves. And they actually, because of the climate in Colombia, they have prol- proliferated. And now Colombia is a hotbed for hmm. hippopotamus.
0: Oh, my Don't gosh
2: yeah and they all go back to pablo escobar's yeah. drug estate like they are all yeah. traced back to there which is just Aren't an amazing pretty example aggressive of what, what what how nature can yeah. run or arrive, right oh yeah uh, they're supposed to kill more animals in africa every year than any anything else or kill more people i should say than any other animal
0: one more reason not to visit so, there. so you never know <laughs> I'll add that to my list so you never know what's out there (laughs) you never know what's out there yes speaking of you are listening to All Things Unexplained we thank you everybody who has joined in with us and um, please do like us and follow us on our social media pages wherever you listen to your podcasts you can follow us Uh, you can find us at allthings-unexplained.com or if you'd like to support us, you can go to Buy Me a Coffee backslash Unexplained. And we're here with award-winning author Donna Campbell Smith, talking about her new book that I have right here, My Neighbors from the Woods. Go out and get your copy today. And we've got George chiming in again about the white squirrels. And is it Brevard, in North Carolina? Did I say that correctly? What What are the white squirrels? I
2: think it is Brevard. I, I wager to say potentially tasty. Oh, That's what they are. Oh, the That's what Mississippi they are. attitude right there, if I've ever heard
0: one. <laughs> no, look it up. White squirrels. Oh, look at it, it. pops right up. Oh, they have all their own website.
2: Oh, they have their own website. They're famous. We should probably not. Like, the white squirrels are Brevard. Donna, one thing I wondered about you, you hear something different from different Every different author but do you believe in writer's block
1: yeah i think everybody has um yes you know, some some experts will say there's no such thing but i think there's just spells where you just the muse is just not coming and you just um i find that the easiest way to get through it is just to f- what they call free write where you just write you don't think about what you're gonna write you just write always surprised at what comes out of that when you don't think about it too hard. It's that way for me too with art. My better things, even that business card, is stuff that I just quickly do without thinking about it too much. Yeah, I think you get stuck. You got to figure out, especially the way I way I do, which is probably not professional or you know. I always hated outlines in school and that kind of stuff anyway. Makes it seem like work to get fun. But um, right. so I just start writing, and there, there'll come a point where I don't know where I'm going to go next. And, uh, sometimes a change of scenery will help. Well,
2: what do you like to do when you're not writing, Donna?
1: I paint. I like photography. I like to go to the beach when I can, but I'm going live further away from it than I used to.
0: <laughs> to be continued. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. if you'd like to support our show, please do visit buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man that wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he has a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.